We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'll never call off fourth quarter pressure. Back of the jersey, double sevens. No matter how many times, I never get tired of that reference. Hop Hall of Fame for dirt, we love you with a deep breath. Hi, this is Luka Doncic. Hi, I'm Kyrie Irving. And, and you're listening, listening to, to the Mavs Step, Step Back, Back Podcast. Waiting on my fall off. I'll never call off. Fourth quarter pressure. Back of the jersey. Double sevens. No matter how many times, I never get tired of that reference. Hall of Fame for dirt. We love you with a deep reverence. Bad court nasty. I wonder who gon' check him. Cuban did his thing when he went and got number 11. I still got his picture on my wall at 707. Feel synonymous with Kyrie, how we both train with aggression. Competition obsolete. Trying to breathe life into my dreams. I'm so tired of sleep. Still got some work from last season that was incomplete. So hungry for redemption. Thank my boys, that's my overheat. Like Luca with his three of them hit. My mic is prone to overheat. I pride myself the most. I'm 22 and my folks proud of me. I took the heart away since I was 10. Was no surprise to me. A step back mass blowing up was no surprise to me. And I'm speaking honestly. Seven. How's it going, everybody? Welcome in to another episode of the Math Step Back Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. I'm here yet again with our official Math Step Back correspondent, Grant Afseth. He also does a lot of great work over at DallasBasketball.com. Uh, he is at all of these games. He is on the ground there, you know, getting a bunch of good information and, and writing about it and publishing it there. You can go check out his work over at DallasBasketball.com or you can find him on Twitter at Grant Afseth. He also has his own YouTube channel at Grant Afseth. Be sure to go check him out over there. He's always posting uh, all of these post-game and you know occasionally pre-game things that the Mavs are doing. So very interesting stuff over there. Go check it out. You can find myself on Twitter at Dalton underscore Trig. And the Dallas Mavericks are, I don't know, they they have a couple of losses that, that start to make you think, well, is this going to fall apart like it has in the last, uh, you know, couple years as far as the start of the season goes? Or, you know, are they going to be able to bounce back from it? And the latest answer is they're going to bounce back from it because, you know, we were at those games in New Orleans. The first one was a blowout win. We thought, okay, well, you know, they they should be able to take care of business in that second one. But uh, the Pelicans got 
Herb Jones back, and they were playing on that uh, monstrosity of an in-season tournament court that, that Luca <laughs> had some interesting things to say about after the game. And so they ended up getting their butts kicked in that game. It was a complete opposite of what happened in the first New Orleans game. And so then they, you know, they don't have much time to think about it because that game started at 7 p.m. on Tuesday, and then they had to fly to D.C., and you have a 6 p.m. tip-off time against the Wizards, uh, who have won four consecutive, had won four consecutive games against the Mavs dating back to 2021. So you're thinking, okay, the odds are stacked against them. Kyrie's out. They're on the second night of a back-to-back, third game in four nights. And then they come out and put up 130 points on the Wizards uh, and get the win to go back into the win column, and they're 9-3 and three now. And Luka, he didn't have a – I mean, he didn't have a great game by his standards coming off of – I mean, it was a lot better than the worst performance of maybe his career <laughs> on Tuesday night, but – you know, he had 26 points in 32 minutes, 10 assists. But Derek Lively specifically, you know, his, his chemistry with, with Derek Lively was something that really, you know, showed on Wednesday night in D.C. And, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr., all respect to him coming off the bench, leading the team with 31 points. But in my opinion, the biggest takeaway from the Mavs 130 to 117 win over the Wizards is what Luca and D-Live were able to do. Uh, and Lively, he ended up with a career-high 17 points, had nine rebounds to go along with it, two blocks. Even though he only had two blocks, he was still affecting uh, shots that weren't counted as blocks. I mean, he was just all over the place. He completely locked down uh, the Wizards, especially early on, and it gave the Mavs an edge for the night. So... What are your thoughts on that? I mean, is that your biggest takeaway? Because out of all the things that happened, that was the thing I looked at, and I was like, man, this is this is really cool. This is something that they can build on going forward, and it should continue to get better as the season goes on. Yeah, absolutely. I think when you look at the Mavericks overall this season, the big thing will be Derek Lively's development. I think you saw like all the points that you made kind of feed into the whole fact of you know, being a team that's coming off a 38 and 44 season, you have to find ways to raise your floor as a group. And the floor should be, you know, winning games against teams like the Wizards, even if it's a second out of a back to back. And one of the ways to do that is to have a rim protector who's deterring, you know, a lot of shots at the rim, who's kind of blowing up different half court actions like Derek Lively did last night. And then also being a really efficient finisher. Like those are just great ways to be a consistent team on both ends, having that as a weapon. And I think he just showed a lot of different ways uh, that he can punish, you know, a team like the Wizards. Well, just in general, but, you know, particularly like those sort of like bottom barrel teams uh, where, you know, you can kind of get in and get out uh, and expect consistency. And I thought like, you know, there's like kind of a game within the game uh, for involving Lively in the offense right now where, you know, the last couple games, uh, you know, the, the opponent has tried to put a wing on Derek Lively to start out. Uh, so then there's like, you know, when he's setting the screen for Luca, they have a wing switching onto, you know, Luca, And the big is kind of like sagging off or pre-rotating off of Derek Jones. Uh, so what I thought was interesting in general is just like the passing ability that you see from Lively and the ability to kind of make the slip out of screening actions and then just be a, a threat you know, along the baseline and the dunker spot, you know, all those things 
have the necessary skills to kind of break what the defense is trying to do. So they, they were disrupted in New Orleans by Herb Jones playing that role, but then they saw it again, uh, you know, in Washington. They handled it well where, you know, they just were mismatch hunting, uh, you know, with Luca, you know, getting all those ball screens. And then, uh, you know, they kind of started to break it with Grant Williams being that relief option as the screener and then finding lively along the baseline. And then, you know, just the third quarter where they really had that hot stretch where, you know, Luca and Lively were really playing out of pick and roll. I think the Wizards kind of just reverted back to a traditional pick and roll coverage because their other strategies were getting broken. And that's a sign of a really impressive foundation is when another team can throw out multiple different strategies at you. You can hurt their weaknesses and then you kind of revert them back to playing traditional coverages. And they just basically ate them alive with, you know, Lively and, and Luca playing out of what they do best, which is just normal pick and roll. So that, I think overall, when you feed all that into it itself, as well as like the, the rim protection, paint protection stuff, that's just the making of a very impressive foundation for a team. When you have a talent like Luca and a rim protector and a paint finisher, you know, like, like Derek Lively. It's really incredible to watch it happen in real time because, you know, uh, out of all the, the people, including Lively himself, you know, we talked to him over the summer, uh, had a Texas Legends head coach and player, Mavs player development coach, uh, Jordan Sears on here. He talked about it. Grant Williams has come on here and talked about You know, we've had everybody we talk to and we ask about Lively, it's the same thing. They talk about how his basketball IQ is so high and how even if he makes mistakes – he pays attention to that and he learns very quickly. Like he very rarely makes the same mistake twice. And it's really incredible to watch that, you know, happen over the first 12 games of this season because he really is getting better in real time and he's learning from his mistakes. And I just can't wait to see what he looks like, you know, toward the end of the season when it's getting close to playoff time because, I mean, it's even like his free throws, you know, his free throws were kind of shaky uh, at first, but then like these last couple of games, he's been really solid there. He's put more arc under it. You know, it's, it it looks really good. So everything about Derek Lively has, has impressed me. And he is, I mean, I already had high expectations just because of the fact Luca has never played with a center uh, with, you know, the physical attributes that Lively has and the IQ and the hands and all that stuff. So, uh, but he's, he's exceeded my expectations. I mean, he, he's just been great. He's been something the Mavs haven't had since Tyson Chandler. And I know that's almost cliche to say at this point, because it's been used so much, but it's true. I mean, they, they really have not had a guy like him since Tyson Chandler. And you can tell that, you know, Tyson has his fingerprints on this to some degree. I mean, he is, he is working with Lively, and that is showing through Lively's play. He, it, it, you know, Lively is taking it in. He's being a sponge, and he's applying that uh, to these games, and it's really helping the Mavs. Even when he's not having, you know, a huge performance, like he had the career-high 17 points last night, uh, he's still affecting the game in other ways, and that's that's what you like to see. The only games where, you know, he hasn't really – been great so to speak or games where he's gotten into foul trouble but if he can stay out of foul trouble and he stays out there on the floor the Mavs are going to be a very tough team to beat they've already shown that um 
another guy on here, and we'll 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 swing back to you know Luca and Lively here before we take off. But another Derek Derek Jones Jr. He continues to play well in that Mavs starting three spot. He had another twenty point performance last night. Fun fact. Uh, it was his second 20-point performance of the season, so second 20-point game in 12 games. Before this season, throughout his entire career, seven-year career, he only had two 20-point games. So <laughs> he has matched that in 12 games for the Mavs. What, what can you tell us about, you know, Derek Jones Jr. and, you know, how his confidence – Maybe his confidence was always there, but maybe he has more of an opportunity now than he had in previous stops in his career. And obviously playing with Luca and Kyrie helps, but I mean, what specifically has led to this uh, Derrick Jones Jr. renaissance, so to speak? Yeah, I think it's a combination of everything uh, that you said. I actually asked Derrick Jones before the regular season even started about his shooting, uh, since I kind of figured his ability to make open shots would be such an important part of how you know, opposing teams game plan for the Mavs, which we're already seeing the last couple games, you know, those like first 10 games kind of set in and then teams really start to pick their poison. And with the Mavs offense, it's going to be, you know, at least in the short term, which probably will be the same regardless, but, you know, going forward, but, you know, Derek Jones's ability to knock down those open shots. They don't want to have Luca playing out of pick and roll. They don't want to have lively catching lobs. Those are the most dangerous parts of their offense. They don't want Kyrie to get easy, you know, matchups and, attacking uh you know weaker defenders so the the easiest thing is to kind of pre-rotate off of Derek Jones and so the situation is set up for him if he's aggressive and he's confident in his shot and he's consistent in his shot uh to you know have a lot of opportunities for open looks but then also to have like redriving opportunities because even if they try to pack the paint as a defense you know the Mavericks have enough talent to where they're going to at least still create you know, ro- out of rotation opportunities, you know, on like kick out passes and things like that for someone like, you know, Derek Jones to attack, you know, kind of off, off the catch and redrive it. And he has some opportunities where he's had those chances, a defender's on their heels and he's playing through contact and finishing or at least getting to the free throw line. And, you know, with the emphasis of playing faster, he's a big reason for it because he's so fast. They like to, you know, make those throw ahead passes. And they've even had him get into opportunities where he's like initiating possessions, bringing the ball up the floor, and then getting into some actions as well. And overall, just when you're a very athletic player uh, like him and have the size, like height-wise and the length, you know, there's a lot of opportunities for him to kind of be that relief option, like like weak side, like kind of cutter as well. And so there's just a lot of pieces that kind of pull together to be, you know, have those dice where if his shot's falling, and the defense doesn't deviate from their their strategy of basically picking him as their poison that they're okay to live with as a play finisher, then you know he's going to have some big scoring performances and more than he's probably ever had, especially with the amount of minutes that he's playing. So it's you know as long as he continues to make the defense pay, that's that's definitely going to be a, a big factor for the Mavericks' offense for sure. He's certainly been one of the more cost efficient signings of the sun you know a one-year vet minimum deal and he's playing this big of a role for the Mavs I mean you know Mark Cuban's got to be smiling ear to ear you know over that so uh he's been great and I mean look I I honestly didn't know until closer to the season started because I mean I didn't really pay attention it seems like Derek Jones Jr. has been around forever uh but he's only 26 years old I mean he's he's still 
you know, he's in the prime of his career, you know, so uh, maybe he can continue to give this type of effort for a full season. And if he does, the Mavs are going to be a tough team. Uh, they're going to be a tough out come playoff time. So I still think they need some depth. I mean, it especially if you're you're not going to get consistent, uh, good consistent production from uh, Josh Green. You know, if he the Mavs are already they could use some more size on the wing, in my opinion. But you know, they I don't, I don't think they can lack the size and have guys like Green. You know, giving inconsistent performance. Like last night, for example, he put up a goose egg in that game and it obviously didn't matter, but you know, I, I just, uh, I do kind of worry about that with the Mavs as this season progresses. Like, do they need to make a move to, uh, to, to bolster that? Or maybe, maybe you try and make a play for OG Ananobi who could potentially enter free agency uh, this, this coming summer. He has a player option. Uh, if you do something like that, maybe you start him and then move Derek Jones off the bench and, you know, maybe uh, Josh Green is part of that. But anyway, that's going down a rabbit hole there. We won't get into all that. Guys, we're going to take a quick ad break. We'll be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Think you know basketball? Then try to turn your basketball knowledge into real money with the Sleeper app, the ultimate fantasy sports app that can turn game day into payday. Just download the Sleeper app and pick more or less on your favorite players. With more stats than any other daily fantasy app, just choose two or more of your favorite players from pregame or live. 
Pick more or less from the predicted stats, and you could win up to 100 times your money if your picks win. Use promo code STEPBACK, and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Okay, so the Mavs aren't playing on this fine Thursday night, but that doesn't mean that there aren't some good picks to be made over on the Sleeper app. Uh, Tonight, the Brooklyn Nets take on the Miami Heat at 7.30 p.m. Central Time on NBA TV, followed by the nightcap, the Oklahoma City Thunder take on the Golden State Warriors at 9 p.m. Central Time on NBA TV. Both of these games uh, have potential to be pretty interesting. Both teams are... Uh, similar in record, Miami Heat are seven and four. The Nets are six and five. OKC is seven and four to start this season, and Golden State is six and six after Draymond Green just got suspended for five games. So, uh, some picks that I am making tonight: Shea Julius Alexander over under on points is thirty one point five. Uh, you know, with Draymond Green being out, I'm going to take the over there. Uh, Shea, he can do it even if yeah, even if Draymond Green's there, he could still do it. But I'm still taking the over here. I think that enhances his, his chances of getting that. Uh, Bam Adebayo in that Brooklyn game, over under 10.5 rebounds. I'm going to take the over there. As long as he stays out of foul trouble, I think he'll be fine getting the over with 10.5 rebounds. And then Clay Thompson, 4.5 three-pointers made. I'm going to take the under here. Clay has not had a great start to the season, uh, even with, uh, you know, Draymond Green out. And, I mean, look, Draymond's not even that much of an offensive threat anyway. But, uh, you know, with him out, I feel like the, the Golden State Warriors are going to be pressing a little bit more. And the way Clay has started this season – I just don't think he's going to. Uh, I, don't, I don't think he's going to hit that over on three pointers made. Those are my picks on the Sleeper app. Be sure to go download it and again use code STEPBACK, all capital letters, all one word, and your first one hundred dollar deposit will be matched. Like I said, Tim Hardaway Jr. He he had thirty one points off the bench continues his sixth man. I mean, in my opinion, I think he's leading the sixth man of the year uh, race right now. He was a team high plus 17, and he did it in 27 minutes, 31 points in 27 minutes, and uh, he shot 11 of 20 and 7 of 11 from the three-point line. Uh, and he talked about after the game how, you know, he this higher pace that the Mavs are playing uh, benefits him specifically as well as the team, but him specifically because it's really the first time he's played like this, he said, since his Atlanta days when he was with Dennis Schroeder. Uh, so, I mean, what have you seen specifically from Hardaway that has, you know, gotten him into this groove that we've seen? Because I, somebody posted – I forgot where I saw this on Twitter, but, uh, you know, I, I, you can fact check it if you want to. But I, somebody posted – that ever since the Kyrie trade last year, Tim Hardaway Jr. is shooting over 44% from three. So, I mean, that's that's crazy. And, I mean, that Kyrie didn't play last night, so, I mean, that it didn't really matter. But it, just in general, for, since that trade, 
he's been lights out and he's been living up to this contract that the Mavs gave him. So, I mean, what specifically have you seen that has led to this kind of production from Hardaway? Not just the scoring, but, you know, with his rebounding and and, uh, other things as well. Yeah, for sure. I think a big part of it is he's entering the season after having a healthy offseason to actually, like, work on his game as opposed to, you know, really working his way back into form physically. Uh, That's something that he mentioned before the season started. And, you know, I actually remember asking him about that second unit last year. I think it was after, like, that Suns game uh, where they, you know, lost. Like, Luca missed that, like, point-blank finish, yeah. like, at the very end of the game. And, uh, you know, he mentioned, like, having Kyrie kind of running that bench unit. They play faster. It, you know, creates opportunities for him to, you know, really get, like, catch and shoot looks up, their quality looks. And then, you know, they kind of build it on that after, uh, you know, having a full training camp together. And I think a big – you know, element of it is they're also getting into things in the half court pretty quickly as well. Like they're in some like read and react sort of actions, like whether it's like the, you know, the zoom action where it's like, he's in the corner starting out, gets an off ball screen into a handoff and he's able to attack downhill, Uh, you know, having, you know, a player like Derek Lively in those actions as well, the defense has to respect, uh, you know, the threat of the big, like going downhill on the roll a little bit more as well too this season uh, with how efficient he's been. So that opens up things as well, but also just overall, like whether it's like, like in the story I wrote on DallasBasketball.com, there's other things that he's always done well. Like he's come off of off ball screening actions. Well, like, you know, double wide pin downs where they're setting, you know, two off ball screens out of the corner from to come up and get the ball. Like uh, those types of things add up where he's able to kind of quickly get opportunities, stay involved in the offense and be aggressive where the action is meant for him to be aggressive. And in general, beyond that, there's been opportunities where he's, you know, with his rebounding, as you said, uh, you know, he's made an emphasis to help on the boards with how bad the team has been rebounding wise. Like they were 30th in total rebounding percentage last year. And beyond that, he's also taken those opportunities where he's grab and go, like, like a grab and go rebound, where he's getting the defensive board and pushing it himself on the break. And if there's a, a good look for him there, he's taking it. But I think we're, that healthy off seasons really paid off for him as he's getting to the rim more in those situations as well. And he really struggled early on last year uh, with his percentages on drives. Like he was among like the, the league worst, like bottom five on like decent volume for a lot of last season. I remember posting that and kind of tracking that. And that, that really limits, you know, when you also don't have too many like threats that are consistent, you kind of mentioned like the Josh green element of it. You really need, like that third or fourth perimeter player to really be able to make plays out of those actions. And, you know, Tim Hardaway has been the only one on a like very consistent basis to be able to do that so far. And I think a lot of it is health, the play style, and, you know, just continuing to have consistency in all of that uh, has gone a long way for him. And when there's nights when Kyrie or someone like that is out, he's only involved even more in those situations. And like, for example, last night, I think he scored 13 of his points in transition. Like that's that's a testament to playing faster, and the team ranks fifth in pace overall this season. Uh, now, after you know, accounting for last night's game, and uh, you know, there's just a lot of things that kind of feed into the way he ideally would play uh, if he was having the perfect circumstances. And I think it's all lining up well for him. And you mentioned Kyrie too. You know, he he missed last night. I think I believe that was his third game he's missed so far this season. Uh, with since he had that foot. Sh- foot sprain against the Brooklyn Nets in the second game of the year. Uh, I mean, look, I don't think this is something 
I don't think it's something too serious with Kyrie, but, you know, like Jason Kidd said, they're not taking any chances with it. And I feel like this is something that we're probably going to be seeing a good bit of throughout the year. Uh, you know, he'll play a handful of games, and then every now and then he's going to take one or two off just for, you know, uh, really pain tolerance management is, is my opinion on it. But what what can you tell us about Kyrie Irving and his injury? Have there been any other updates? Do you think this is something, you know, potentially serious, or you think it's just kind of, yeah, they're just – keeping an eye on it and they want him to be fresh come the end of the season. Yeah, I think in general it's something that he's still managing. I think, uh, you know, when you have the same designation as you had for something that was a two-game absence and then it kind of flares up a little bit more later on, I think that's definitely something to at least keep an eye on. But I do think with the second out of the back-to-back, you know, with like nothing in terms of like, like sneaky strategies or anything, but you do have to have injury designations to have players – like cleanly sit on the second out of the back-to-back if they're an all-star and all that stuff because of the the new rules. So I'm not saying they're like making up yeah. an injury or anything because obviously <laughs> he's still maintaining something. Uh, yeah. But it's like, you know, like that's that's definitely something that's got to be listed uh, and, you and, you know, that could be utilized in order to, to kind of have that general maintenance throughout a full season. But I do think, uh, you know, with the way he's talked about it, it's something that he is managing. Uh, we'll probably have more like tangible updates a little bit closer uh, to that Bucks game because uh, they have a f- complete day off today, and then they they may may have like a practice with media availability tomorrow uh, in Washington with the uh, you know the opportunity to provide an update. But definitely before that Bucks game, I would expect to hear more, and it'll be interesting to see how they manage it with the back to backs uh, because you know they're going to flow right into another back to back. It's a very weird kind of schedule distribution where they have like two full days off and then just goes right into a back to back. And then they have, I think, I believe they have another set of two days off after the back to back before they play in LA. So it's just like, just been a weird situation uh, overall with that, uh, with the schedule management. But I do think uh, it's something to keep an eye on. And, you know, we'll have a lot of updates on it on DallasBasketball.com for sure. But I do think, you know, last year, he also had some issues with the plantar fasciitis that he played through. Yeah. And there were times when he didn't play through it because uh, he had to maintain it or injury maintenance, if you will, uh, by, uh, you know, getting it right with the rehab process and everything. Uh, so I think that's probably similar to what is, you know, the, the foot sprain is because that's, you know, being listed with a foot sprain and missing just a few games. But to me, that sounds like I'm no medical expert by any means, obviously. But like that sounds like a thing that's a little longer than than two game absence. So I think he's yeah. probably trying to power through it, play as many games as he can, but within reason, because you you know, as he says, you want to peak at the right time. Uh, that's a big goal that he has this season. So it's kind of finding that fine balance of not overexerting early on in the season, uh, as you say as well. Uh, you. you having the, you know, fresh, you know, physical circumstances closer to the playoffs is probably the the big picture goal. So I think overall, those are the things to kind of think about, but we'll definitely have more updates soon. Yeah. And I mean, that plantar fasciitis stuff that that never fully goes away. Like it's always going to kind of be there. It's more of just like a pain tolerance thing. So uh, it'll just be, it'll just be dependent on, you know, what he's feeling, from game to game, if that has anything to do with, you know, that hasn't been mentioned so far this season, but you know, it is the same foot, uh, you know, where he had that, that issue last year. So we'll just have to see, but 
Before we take off here, I do want to mention this. You know, we talked about Derek Lively and, uh, you know, how good he's been, even though he's just 19 years old. He's only played 12 NBA games, but so far he's producing 1.35 points per possession, uh, which is for guys that are averaging at least 1.5 possessions, he's in the top 10 there. So, uh, that's that's pretty impressive. I mean, he's still got a long way to go. He's still got a lot to learn. He admits that. Everybody knows that. But, I mean, he is just off to a great start overall. And he's shooting, I believe, with last night's game, he's back up to 75% overall field goal percentage, if I'm not mistaken. I don't have that pulled up uh, right now, but I'm pretty sure that's correct. Hold on. Let me Let me click this real quick. Yeah, uh, he is at 72.9%. 72.9, so not quite back up to where he was, where he was at uh, earlier in the season. At one point, he was at 78%, but, you know, when you're early in the season, each game, you know, you can uh, you can bounce back and forth about 4 or 5% until you get later on in the year. But great stuff from Derek Lively. The future is very bright for him and Luca specifically. And then, you know, when they get this thing rolling – and, you know, they have him and Luca and Kyrie, all of them healthy. Uh, that, like I said, this team is going to be hard to beat unless they somehow come back in the playoffs and Adam Silver decides to bring those in-season tournament courts for the playoffs. And then the Mavs are getting swept in the first round. But uh, <laughs> as long as that doesn't happen, I feel like the odds are good that the Mavs are going to have a pretty good season. So we'll see how it goes. Grant, I appreciate you joining me to, you know, recap what we saw from Luca and Lively last night, as well as, you know, some of the stuff that happened in those New Orleans games. It was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, it's kind of bittersweet for me because I always make it a point. I, I spend a little extra money uh, for, for some really good seats down there because it only happens two times a year. But, you know, for the first time ever, they had them in back-to-back games. So it's like, it was great. It was awesome to have a, you know, a little mini series down there in New Orleans, but, you know, now it's over for the rest of the season and it's not going to happen again until next year. So uh, I'm, I'm looking at the schedule now and trying to uh, plan some uh, some Dallas trips and I might end up going to Memphis. You know, they're a little bit longer drive for me, about three hours north instead of an hour and a half south going to New Orleans. But I'm going to see if I can make that work too. But y'all, I appreciate it. Be sure to go like, rate, and subscribe on all your favorite podcast platforms. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Give us a bunch of likes, comments, all that good stuff. And do the same for Grant over his channel, Grant Afseth. You can follow us both on Twitter, at Dalton underscore Trig, at Grant Afseth. And keep up with all the work we got going on at DallasBasketball.com. The Mavs are off until Saturday until they take on Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Milwaukee Bucks. So we're going to have a lot of stuff uh, in between now and then on DallasBasketball.com. So be sure to check it out. We appreciate it. Y'all have a great rest of your week. Have a great weekend, and we will see you next week. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, 
Access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.